Welcome to an Impact Ministries production, brought to you by Impact Ministries World Changers, changing the way the world sees God. Learn how you can become a world changer today by visiting www.impactministries.com. Now, here's your host, founder of Impact Ministries and developer of Heart Physics, the self-development programs that have changed thousands of lives around the world, Dr. Jim Richards. Hey, I'm Jim Richards. I want to welcome you again this week to Impact Cyber Church. You know something? I love what we do. We get to talk to people all over the world. And you know, you may be new to this, but those of you who are here regularly, you know, we've got people all over the world, literally all over. This broadcast goes into every uh, nation in the world. And I am just so incredibly thankful for it. And I want to say thank you to all of you who are world changers with us. You know, our world changers are people who financially give so that we can put this broadcast out there so that we can start Bible schools all over the world, so we can train leaders all over the world, so we can do all the things that we can do so that people like you, if you're one of our newcomers, can hear this message for free because man, everybody needs to hear this. And so we're doing everything we can to take it to the entire world. I just want you to remember, Jesus never called us to uh, make converts. Jesus called us to make disciples. And everything that we do here at Impact Ministries, we do to make disciples unto the Lord Jesus. And disciples are people who want to live like Jesus lived. And so we take his word, we take his teaching, we take his truth and, and develop our heart with it, develop our lives with it, because it's through him and through becoming a disciple that we get to experience the life of God, the quality of life that God has given to the Lord Jesus to provide for us. So welcome here. And I'm going to tell you today, all this month we have been talking about making resolutions that's last. What do I do? How do I get past this thing of making decisions, resolutions, or wanting to change aspects of my life? And I'll make those decisions and then somehow it never works out or I end up quitting. Well, you know, I've been sharing some things with you about that. As a matter of fact, I'm probably going to go on over into next month a little bit about this because this is so crucially important. You know, today I'm going to be talking to you about the authority of man. Now, you notice I didn't say the authority of the believer. One of the problems that we have is there are so many things that have been accepted into Christianity that are not in the Bible. And it's not so much that they're evil or that they're terribly wrong, but you see, we begin to build our, our faith on faulty information, faulty foundations. And even though we're very sincere, we violate how God taught us to function. And so I want you to understand something. There's a common myth, a common Christian myth that in the garden, when man rebelled, that he lost his authority. There is not one single place in the Bible that says that. Now you may say, well, why are we talking about authority? Because if you are going to, if you're going to succeed at life, if you're going to get to the place to where you make decisions and you know, if you haven't listened to the previous broadcast, you need to go back and listen to them or today it might be a little over your head because, because you, you come to realize that the 
the will of God has been established. And we're going to talk a little bit more clearly about that today. And you don't have to wonder what the will of God is. You just have to make decisions about whether or not you will harmonize your life with God's will. And so it's important that you understand this. Man never lost authority. Authority is the right. Now, God gave man authority or dominion over everything in planet Earth except other men. In other words, no person, man or woman, has the right to exercise authority over another man or woman. We don't have dominion over anybody else. We have dominion over the natural world. We have dominion over the animals. We have dominion over over everything else. But the main thing that we have dominion over is we have dominion or authority over ourselves. And let me say something else. And I don't know where people get this, but there is another myth that says that when man fell, that our authority was given to the devil. There is no place in the Bible that indicates that the devil ever received the authority that man has. As a matter of fact, I'm going to show you absolutely, actually just the very opposite. Now, if, see, if you believe these kinds of myths, then you believe the devil has authority over you. You believe he can do stuff to you. You believe he can attack you. You believe he can take stuff away from you. You know, he comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but he doesn't do it because there's authority over you. He does it because he's a liar. And when we believe the lies about God and about ourselves that have been put out into the world by religion, that's where we lose what we have. That's where we, that's where we uh, uh, have theft of who we are, theft of our possessions, theft of our life. So, so uh, uh, the only way the devil can still kill and destroy in your life is when you believe his lies, when you believe that which is contrary to the word of God and specifically contrary to what we have in the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, <clears throat> One of the very interesting things, and I, I'm not going to go into this a lot today, but I, I, I've got to mention it. When Jesus came to planet Earth, the Bible says he emptied himself. He became a man in every way that we are, and he was tempted in every way as we are. And the Bible teaches us that every miracle that he worked, every, everything that he did, every miraculous thing that he did, he did because he was full of, of the Holy Spirit. Acts 10, 38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil. He did what he did by the Holy Spirit, which is the same power that works in us. Now, there were many times when Jesus would do something miraculous and, uh, you know, the, the, the demons would cry out, Lord, Lord, you know, why are you tormenting us before our time? And, and they would make references to him uh, and to his identity as, as deity. And so I've actually heard people say, well, see, even, even the demons were acknowledging and recognizing his deity. No, no, they weren't. They were challenging his authority because even the devil knows that man had authority on planet earth, which means if Jesus had not become a man in every way that he would not have had the right, the authority, and that's what authority is, is the right to do something. He would not have had the right to work miracles, to heal the sick, to cast out devils, to do the things that he did. 
And Jesus specifically said that he had authority on planet Earth because he was the Son of Man, not because he was the Son of God. This is really crucial because one of the things Jesus came to show us is who we are in relationship to God. He came to show us uh, uh, what we really had in God, what the, how the promises of God could look coming about in our lives, how we could live in the life that God had promised us and that God had in fact given us. Now, going back to the concept of authority, of course, in, in Genesis, Genesis 1-2, God said, let's make man our own image, our own likeness, and let, let them have dominion. As I said, so God gave us dominion over everything except other people. Now, then he, then he, he goes on to say uh, that we should go into the world, we should be fruitful and multiply. Now, what's really interesting about that is God said that even after man fell, you know, after the flood, God told Noah the same thing, go into the earth and be fruitful and multiply. So what the Hebrews understood that God meant by that is that God was saying, you don't have to gather up in one place. You don't have to huddle up together. Go out across planet Earth. Find the place that appeals to you. Find the place that you feel right when you're there. You feel like that's the place that you want to be. And in that place, you succeed at the thing your heart desires. Now, I want to tell you something. That's just something that is foreign to so many Christians is we have this concept that, that we don't do anything unless God specifically says we, we should do it. Well, the real truth is we should be constantly surrendered to God. I'm going to show you that in a minute. We should be constantly surrendered to God and we should make decisions out of our own heart, out of our own sense of who we are in relationship to him, out of the sense of who we are and what authority we have based on, on, on what he said. And if we're open to him and, and it's not something we should do, he'll tell us, he'll warn us, and then we can yield to him and do something else. But, uh, as far as having to wait on God for every single thing, no, you, you move forward. You know, if Christ is in you and you've got the Holy Spirit in you teaching you and leading, you've got the Word of God, you renewed your mind, you should know how to make a decision. But the truth is, if God said for you to be fruitful and multiply, then the real truth is the will of God for you is to be fruitful and multiply. And He said that to all men. Now, what we do need in more specific detail, is the process. And we need to let God lead us into that. So I know what I want to succeed at. My heart's open to God. He's not saying no. He's not giving me any warnings. So all I need now is I'm going to start moving forward and I'm going to prayerfully and have my heart open to Him, start making plans about how to do that. And what I do need is for the wisdom of God to emerge from my heart to show me how to do it. But I don't need for God to tell me what I desire to do. You know, interesting thing with raising kids, and we're God's kids, so he would raise us the same way he would tell us to raise our kids. He says, train up a child in the way that he should go. When he's old, he shall not depart from it. Now, in the original language, that, that leans more towards something like this. Train up a child according to his bent. In other words, according to how he's been, what his desires and passions are, uh, 
and when he's old, he shall not de depart from him. And the concept here is this. Instead of me trying to tell my child he needs to become a doctor or a lawyer or, you know, or whatever. And by the way, you know, I remember hearing a, a study that was done back in either the 80s or the 90s. And uh, <clears throat> about how that I, I think back at, in those days, 70 something percent of all Americans were dissatisfied with what they were doing to earn a living. And what was interesting is the highest percentage of people dissatisfied were doctors and lawyers. And the possibility for that is because many times doctors and lawyers come from families that are doctors and lawyers and they end up doing something because that's what their family did. That's what their father did. That's what their mother did. And so, and so instead of being raised to follow their own bent, follow that which really appeals to them and that they have a passion to do, they end up doing what somebody else wants them to do. You know, as a parent, our job is to find out what kids really want to do and show them how they can walk with God and not only fulfill that dream, but fulfill that dream with God's help, with the grace of God working in their lives. So we want to help people to be fruitful and multiply at the thing that their heart has a passion for. Let me, let's talk a little bit about this word fruitful. Of course, the word fruitful obviously means to bear fruit, uh, uh, to branch off. Uh, it can mean, uh, uh, it has to do, really it has to do somewhat with success. But in the Hebrew language, every letter in a word has a meaning. And to fully understand that word, you have to understand the definitions of those letters. Now, the word fruitful the root word of that is pay, resh, hay. Now, pay is, is a picture of a mouth, and it has to do with speech and this sort of thing. It can, uh, speech, communication, but it also has to do with freedom, which I find to be very interesting. So, so you've got this freedom. You're going to be fruitful. You've got this freedom. But, uh, but pay also has to do with expressing your inner self. So part of being fruitful is going to be based on your freedom to express your inner self. It also, it also has to do with speaking God's heart. So in other words, you're not just being true to your inner self and abandoning God. You're saying, who am I? What are my inner passions? And how can I harmonize that with God's wisdom? Now, the word resh usually has to do with repentance or change of direction. And that happens under the leadership of the Holy Spirit. So the word resh, and we're still talking about being fruitful, has to do with leadership, has to do with relying on the leadership of the Lord. So even though you're being yourself, even though you're enjoying your freedoms, even though you're expressing the passion of your heart, you always keep yourself open to the leadership of the Holy Spirit. And to the fact that, that if you ever find yourself off track, you want to turn back to uh, righteousness. You want to turn back to a, a surrendering of, you know, of the Lord. And then the last letter, the hay, always represents the breath of God or the presence of God. So what he's saying is you want to, to be fruitful, to have this life where you have an abundance of good fruit. Good fruit has to do with 
prosperity. Good fruit has to do with a, a happy family. Good fruit has to do with a great marriage. Good fruit has to do with all, every kind of positive thing in your life. And, and, and so, so this good, but, but this good fruit is, is going to be a combination of you pursuing and having the freedom to go after your heart's passion, but you're always open to the leadership of the Holy Spirit, but you're also always mindful of the fact that you do not want to depart from the presence of God. It's incredibly amazing to me, the freedom that God gives us. See, we're created the likeness and image of God. We're supposed to make our own choices. But again, as I showed you, you make those choices with your heart open to God's leadership. You make those choices, making sure that, that I'm going to stay on a path that never leads me away from God, that never leads me away from the presence of God. I want to tell you something. You can't lose. You can't go wrong. You can't fail when you follow God's process and you honor the fact that you are created in the likeness and the image of God. And it is up to you to make your own choices. But religion would have you to believe that you've got to be searching and, you know, seeking the heavens to find out what God's choice is. I got news for you. God doesn't when he speaks to you, he speaks to you. And if your heart's open, you're going to hear him in your heart. God doesn't make it hard to hear his voice. That is a religious concept. The idea that God is hard to hear, hard to contact, hard to find. God is seeking us. He was seeking us before we ever started seeking him. So, man, this brings us into a whole dimension of enjoying life, realizing, you know, I've got a passion to be a farmer. I've got a passion to be a mechanic. I've got, you know, as a matter of fact, you know, as a pastor, I used to always tell people that, that if you want to serve in our church, instead of me picking a place for you, you tell me what you enjoy doing, and we'll see if we can take that and find a way for you to use it to benefit people's lives and to benefit the kingdom of God. And you know, the result of that was in all my years of pastoring, we always had between 40 and 60% of our church actively involved in serving because they were serving where they wanted to. Listen, let me take just a brief minute and say this. This month, we have an incredible special offer for you to help you make this journey. You can purchase my book, a Wire for Success program for failure. And every almost every chapter in this book has an exercise that you can do. And this is all about learning how to move into a place to where you succeed from your heart. You find the success that works for you in your heart. And amazingly, for free, I'm going to give you access to um, a video seminar that I did and you get all of the sessions of that seminar. You get to view them for free and you can watch them as you go along with this book. I'm trying to make it as easy as possible for you to get the tools you need to have an incredible success. So go to impactministries.com, order Wire for Success Program for Failure, and we'll get you a link to watch these incredible videos. All right, let's jump back into this. So we just looked at the word uh, to, uh, fruitful. Now what's interesting God also said for you to multiply. And remember the word fruitful, it was, it was, it was uh, pay, uh, resh, hay. The word multiply is resh, bet, hay. So it has two of the same words 
that fruitful has in it. So we know the resh is there, which, which multiplying, by the way, the word multiply basically means to become great. You know, I'm for that. Or to, or to become numerous. Or to, you know, or to succeed and grow and to become great. To make large, to enlarge, to increase. In other words, multiplying means just what it means. So when we go out and we're fruitful, then God wants that to multiply. God is not calling us to have minimal success. He's not calling us to have a minimal life. You know, Jesus came so that we could have the Zoe, the quality of life that God has. He didn't call us to have an average life. He called us to have a life that was the same quality that Jesus lived in, for us to be able to do the same thing Jesus did, for us to have the peace that Jesus had, all of that. God doesn't call you to minimalism. He doesn't call you to have a horrible life. And most of what not most of, all of what religion has taught us about suffering, about, about minimalistic living, about all of those things is totally contrary to everything that God said He wanted for mankind. But we believe what religion says more than we believe what the Bible says because we've heard it over and over and over again. So to multiply means resh. I've got that, I'm always open to change in my direction because I'm always open to the leadership of the Holy Spirit. But then this time you have the word bet or the letter bet. And the letter bet is interesting. Letter bet has to do with your heart and your house. Now, what I like about that is when I develop my heart, when I establish my heart in who I am in Jesus, when I develop my character, then it doesn't just change me because of who I am, because I'm putting on the new man in Christ Jesus. It influences my household. It influences the world around me. And I'm not running around trying to influence the world around me. I am just influencing the world around me because of who I am, because of the way that I'm treating people. But even Greater than that, the whole concept of, of the letter bet being in this word about multiplying is this has to be something that happens from your heart. You have to get success and prosperity in your heart. You need to see yourself, believe that God called you to prosper and succeed. Now, I know religion has told you how evil money is, and how evil wealth and success is. Well, you know, wealth and success is evil if you're an evil person. Wealth and success will destroy you if you're selfish and if you're greedy. But the real truth is, the Bible is also very clear that whoever has the wealth and the success, they are the ones that will control the city, the nation, and the world. And one of the reasons the wicked control the world is because the church has sat back and, and felt like that they were supposed to be poor and 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 minimalistic and, you know, I, by the way, let me say this. If you want to live minimalistic, that's all right. If you enjoy that, that's, there's nothing wrong with that unless you think that's what God requires of you. So I'm not just, you know, don't think I'm just bashing your lifestyle if that's the lifestyle you choose because the whole point is figure out the lifestyle you choose within the realm of godliness. But just like the word, just like the word uh, uh, fruitful, the word multiply also says, but don't forget the hay. Don't forget the presence of God. Don't forget, don't, don't, don't ever get to the place where success is something you'll pursue to the degree 
that you take a path that leads you from your intimacy with God. You know, the letter hey is an interesting word. I've thought about this because the letter hey is in the word multiply and the letter hey is in the word uh, uh, fruitful. Now, interesting about the letter hey, the letter hey is it, it's like a, it's, it's like a, 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 a box with no bottom in it and you draw the line up, draw the line across the top and then there would be a gap right here in this left-hand corner and then the line comes down. Now, what's interesting is this letter represents the idea, the bottom of the letter represents the idea of uh, the, the broad path. The, the top of it represents the narrow path. And because the hay is in this, it's pointing out to always remember that in your pursuit of God, always take the narrow path. Don't take the path everybody else is taking. Don't take that broad way that Jesus said leads to destruction. And, you know, you can have success without compromising who you are. You can have, you can, you can be fruitful and multiply without closing God out, without becoming like the world. You know, it's really interesting. In the Hebrew, the word for ill-gotten gain, which, uh, which is, uh, you know, a, a interesting concept. The word for ill-gotten gain is when you spell it backwards, which when you spell a Hebrew word backwards, you realize that you're dealing with, with a continuum here. Because unjust gain, the, the Hebrew word spelled backwards is sadness or sorrow. And, and when you get unjust gain, it will always lead to sadness and sorrow. So, you know, we only have a couple of minutes left. I didn't even get to go into the meaning of the word dominion where he gave us dominion. I tell you what, we'll go into that next week and you're going, you're going to absolutely love what this word means and how this word relates to you. But the point today is you need to understand that you have the freedom to make your choice, but you have that freedom as you're surrendered to God and as you're always making sure you stay connected to Him. By the way, don't forget if you're interested in going through my personal mentoring program, and I use this to disciple people who are really wanting to go the distance, who are serious about connecting to God on a greater level than they ever will in, the, in, in, in any other way, then be sure to go to, go to impactministries.com, right side, right top hand of the uh, homepage, click on Ultimate Impact, and it'll tell you all about it. We, we're getting ready to start how to stop the pain. I'm going to take you through exercises. I'm going to mentor and coach you about how to get pain out of your life and how to avoid pain in the future. Don't forget to be here next week. We will be, we will be uh, back. We'll stay with this subject for a couple more weeks. We'll see. And go back and listen to this again. Think about these things. Read Wired for Success. Go through the seminar. Get this in your heart and live the best life possible. Thanks for listening to the weekly Impact Ministries World Changers podcast with Dr. Jim Richards. If you like what you've just heard, we encourage you to share our web address, www.impactministries.com with friends and colleagues. Be sure to check out the resources section of our website for previous podcasts and our videos. Join us next week for another great message by Dr. Jim Richards.